0: In April 2019, global news reporter Jules Knox filed an article revealing that senior health care is now the fastest growing sector of the British Columbia economy. Even with significantly improved wages, many job vacancies in elder care are still unfilled, leaving seniors not always receiving expected support and attention. Across the nation, fewer workers are available to fill jobs of many descriptions. Perhaps you've noticed that there are more and more empty playgrounds. Where have the children gone? Why is this happening? Is this a canary in the mine? Stay tuned. Financial Post columnist Joe Chidley recently warned that the depressing economic news driving concerns in the Western world may long be with us. The root causes have nothing to do with China, as is often presumed, but rather with internal issues within our own lands. He explains that in Western Europe and Canada we are actually seeing a steadily declining growth rate in the economy that will likely only continue. Back in 2013, and again earlier this year, economist Lawrence Summers recoined a term that was first floated during the Great Depression, secular stagnation, an extended period of low or no economic growth. To grossly oversimplify Summers' view, the problem is a lack of demand, one big reason that populations in the developed world are getting older. Now there's nothing wrong with older people, but they tend to buy and produce less stuff. A shrinking labor force means that the private sector has less opportunity to put money to work to enhance productivity. During the 2016 U.S. presidential election, the winning candidate promised an economic growth rate of between 4 and 5 percent. In truth, the U.S. economy grew about 2 percent in 2019 this is better than in most Western economies. German and British GDP grew only at 0.5%, France 0.3%, while Canada looked very good at 1.6%. Chidley points out that in the 1960's growth in the West was in excess of 5%. Through the 1970's it hovered about 4%. But by 2019 nations struggled to hit 2% or less. Why? The decline in demand growth has coincided with a sharp increase in the proportion of the elderly in the developed economies in the Group of Seven. It has doubled since the early 60s. It has also coincided with a decline in fertility rates from an OECD average of 3.2 children per woman in 1961, 1.7 1.7 children per woman in 2017. Many demographers and economists have predicted this as the result of a major cultural change in Western nations. For a population to replace itself there must be an average birth rate of at least 2.1 babies per woman, yet in many nations this is no longer the case. Joel Kotlin writing for Forbes in February 2017, notes that in 1995 only one country had more people over 65 years of age than under 15. In 2020 there will be 35 countries in that situation. Kotlin's data shows that by 2050, less than 30 years from now, the populations of many nations will actually have experienced steep decline. Ukraine down 22%, Poland down 14%, the Russian Federation down 10%, Germany's population will fall 7.7% and Japan's population, the world's third largest economy, will fall 15%. Kotlin puts this in some very stark and understandable terms using Germany and Japan as examples. In 1990 there were 4.7 working age Germans per over 65 person. By 2050 this number is projected to decline to 1.7. In Japan the ratios are worse, dropping more than one half from 5.8 in 1990 to 2.3 today and 1.4 in 2050. This means that instead of 4.7 people contributing to the support of retirement pensions, there will be less than two. Having more seniors than youth forces nations to revise economic policy and political positions. As an aging workforce retires, there are fewer younger workers available to pay taxes and support pensions. Economic vigor declines, growth weakens as consumption demand is reduced. In France, measures to adjust for this have led to considerable civil unrest. In Canada, the number of births per woman fell to 1.54 by 2016. Also in that year, Germany came in at 1.5 and Italy 1.35. Currently, the situation in Canada and the United States is similar, but with a difference. Despite a decline in birth rate, Canada is holding its own due to large scale immigration. Immigration is also a factor in the United States, but the total rate is augmented by women of religious background having a birth rate higher than 2.1, the replacement value. Thus the United Nations claims that Canada is tied with the United States for the fastest projected population growth of any developed country. Kotlin states that the United Nations projection shows that the U.S. will have a 21% expansion by 2050. Still, Canada's fertility rate sits at about 1.6, well below replacement value, and the country continues to face a shrinking workforce. We have prepared a special report on the serious implications of falling birth rate that is increasingly prevalent in many developed nations. This trend has a cause, and unless this cause is identified and corrected, our nations will inevitably decline. Here is how you can order your own free copy of Population Implosion, The Achilles' Heel of the West.
1: Call the number on your screen and ask for your free special report of Population Implosion, The West in Decline, or order online at TWCanada.org. The current dramatic shift in demographics among most Western nations is one of the pivotal yet underreported stories of our time. These changes will shape the next few decades, and you need to know what is at stake. We are happy to send you this special report free of charge. Dial the number on your screen or visit us online to get your free copy. Keep watching, and I will be back to give our contact information again.
0: The devastating impact of fewer babies per family in economies is well documented in financial literature. Recently the Business Development Bank of Canada, BDC, published a report entitled Labor Shortage, Here to Stay. The report included several impacts of the dropping fertility rate in Canada, including the fact that medium-sized businesses are already having difficulty finding new workers particularly those with some appropriate skills. Close to 40% of Canadian small and medium-sized businesses are already having difficulty hiring new employees, and the situation is getting worse. As our population ages and baby boomers retire, growth in Canada's labor force is forecast to fall to near zero. We do not expect the labor shortages to get better for at least a decade. This publication goes on to state that growth in labor supply has been falling since 2000, and the trend continues with growth in available labor staying at about zero at least until 2030. Economic writers like Joe Chidley of the Financial Post stress the connection between declining and aging populations and decline in GDP growth. To a great extent it follows that an aging population will buy fewer goods, reducing consumption and thus forcing a reduction in production. Production of course is the real driver of economic growth. The relationship between economic growth and a birth rate at or just above replacement levels is undeniable. To further illustrate this trend, please note the trend in a graph showing births per woman from 1926 to the present. In 1926 the average Canadian family had 3.4 children. This peaked in 1961 at 3.9 children per family. Today it averages 1.6. The curve defined by births per woman in our society is, in most cases, a predictor of economic growth. Perhaps this is why nations like the Russian Federation and Japan are providing incentives for young husbands and wives to have at least two or three children. You may also be surprised to learn that China has also begun to encourage families to have more than one child. These figures, while they might seem a bit dry, carry a critical warning for our nations today. What occurred in the past half century that has brought us to this situation? A number of developments have contributed to the effect we are seeing today. In large measure these results were not immediately foreseen, nor were they necessarily deliberate. But they have contributed to the lower birth rate nonetheless. During the remainder of today's program, we will examine five cultural shifts which have contributed to declining birth rates. Women in the workforce. In the two great world wars of the 20th century, women in allied countries made a huge contribution by moving from home to the factory, enabling men to be freed up for military service. Some historians conjecture that the war effort of women in the English-speaking world on the home front was one of the decisive factors in victory, given that women in the Axis powers were not drawn into war manufacturing in the same way. Subsequent to the wars however, many women remained or wanted to remain in the workforce, resulting in the beginning of a cultural shift in domestic traditions. Of course, when married women began to work on an increasingly regular basis, family income rose, but with that came the understanding that families had more expendable income, and the market adjusted, charging what the market will bear. Everything became more expensive. And this has gradually resulted in today's present condition where many married women have to work to meet family needs. Lifestyle changes. Many parents feel they cannot afford more than one child, which could require a larger apartment or house, as well as daycare costs and other expenses involved in caring for a child. Complicating this is the marketing of lifestyles with frequent holidaying and various social expectations that send the message one needs to enjoy life and deserves luxury items, which may not be as possible if children are present. Seldom does one see programming that encourages a married couple to feel fulfilled and rewarded by having a family of several children. This dramatic cultural shift has largely been made possible by our third cause. War against the traditional family. One of today's realities is that we live in the midst of a war against the traditional family. Bruce Fronin is a professor of law at Northern Ohio University College. He asked the question in a recent article, how do we continue to exist in a culture that brands traditional morality oppressive? The family has become the center of the culture wars because it is where people's characters are formed. Even as our educational institutions from pre-kindergarten through college become increasingly brazen in their drive to indoctrinate young people into an ideology of victimization, resentment, and individual entitlement. Too many resist for the taste and comfort of progressives. The connection between Christianity and the traditional family of man, wife, and children is quite strong. Diane Watts, researcher for Real Women of Canada, in an interview with Tomorrow's World Viewpoint entitled The History of Feminism and Its Impact on Men, explains that feminism, which is driven by Marxist philosophy, demands that women see themselves as victims, needing to free themselves to work and to do what they want, being liberated from the burden of husbands and children. Radical Feminism represents a worldview drawn from theories of social deconstruction and Marxism and views children and the traditional family as being in the way of a woman's path to success and fulfillment. Here is a portion of the interview with Diane Watts.
2: Another area of feminism which is very interesting uh, and it touches Canada, the Famous Five, which has statues on Parliament Hill, um, were of the first wave of feminism. And Nellie McLung, she actually stated that the family should come first and that if women have children, even they're, if they're adult children, um, they should come first. So the early feminists were trying to get women out of the factories with their children so that they could be at home uh, raising their families and the father could have uh, a family wage to free the mother, which is what women want, and which is what women wanted then. Um, so when we succeeded as a Western culture after the Industrial Revolution to attain this for women and fathers and children, uh, then along comes Betty Friedan and her ideas and all the her cohorts Uh, saying that women were unhappy at home and she actually referred to the very pleasant environment of the home in the 1960s as a comfortable concentration camp. Now that should have been a clue to people, how can you possibly compare the home to a concentration camp? Does she really know what a concentration camp is? So this is the mind that influenced, that tried to influence North America along feminist lines, and that's the history of feminism. In Canada, uh, there was the Royal Commission on the Status of Women, which obviously assumed that women weren't equal in the 60s. So they decided women had to be equal, and their view of equality was the mother working. And there were many recommendations, and one of the recommendations was to fund status of women. Well, basically, that's the government deciding uh, how Canadians should think and how women should think. So the status of women thought that they could represent all women, which they don't, but they have continued over the years with increasing government funding uh, to project their view of the male oppressor and the female oppressed onto society. So they're basically telling us uh, women are victims, uh, men are exploiting the victims, and uh, the government is going to do something about it by making sure women all work, they're not dependent, and uh, their children are raised in sub- substitute care in universal daycare. So that's basically the history as we see it. And any opposing view um, is shut down. We were able to function through the democratic system, make presentations before our parliamentary committees, so our views and the views of the majority of women who think like us are on record.
0: You can watch the full recording by searching Tomorrow's World Viewpoint on YouTube. Miss Watts articulately explains how the values of contemporary society are designed to belittle and destroy the traditional family unit. Moral relativism and political correctness are undermining the acceptance of the family unit composed of a breadwinning father, a devoted mother who provides for the needs of the home, with both parents teaching their children the moral absolutes of right and wrong. The feminist pressure on young women through media, education, and other methods of message projection has encouraged them to forego the traditional family. This has an immediate impact on birth rate. Our special report, Population Implosion, examines the social pressures that are changing the concept of family and driving children from the public square. I'll be back in a few seconds to explain some other factors that are at play in contributing to this nation-threatening trend.
1: To request your free copy, call the number displayed on the screen and ask for Population Implosion, The West in Decline. You can also order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked, where is the world headed? Or what does the future hold for me? We answer these questions and more in our magazine, Tomorrow's World. It is also yours free of charge. Don't wait. Call or visit us online to get your free copy of Population Implosion, The West in Decline, and Tomorrow's World magazine. I hope you enjoy the rest of today's program. Welcome
0: back. On today's edition of Tomorrow's World, We are examining the falling birth rates in Canada and other Western nations, and are keying in on five shifts in Western culture which have contributed to this trend. So far we have identified three such trends. ABORTION In addition to the messaging to women about the need to put their careers first, there is also the mounting pressure to force public acceptance of the practice of terminating pregnancies through legalized and publicly funded abortion. Hailed as that which liberates women from the shackles of child rearing, legalized abortion has been a deciding factor in falling birth rates. The Guttmacher Institute reports that between the years 2010 and 2014, a full 25 percent of all human pregnancies on earth were terminated with a deliberate abortion. This translates into 42 million deaths of unborn children per year. In Canada, from 2011 to 2016, an average of over 100,000 abortions occurred per year. To put this in context, it means that each year the population of 200 schools is eliminated, along with 2,000 teaching positions. The economic loss of the potential contribution of those 600,000 young people terminated in that six year period will economically impact the lifestyles of Canadians for many years. There is one more cultural shift we must address as a contributing factor for declining birth rates. Decline in Biblical Christianity In the West, the loss of the influence of Biblical Christianity as a guiding social compass has removed the concept of absolute moral standards that previously underscored the importance of the traditional family. The result now threatens the continuance of social and economic order as well as the potential sense of personal fulfillment and happiness. As stated by best-selling Canadian author William Gardner, "I am persuaded." that the health of our entire civilization depends not on the autonomous individual and certainly not on the state, but on the family, which lies between these two things and is our prime value generating entity and source of freedom, privacy and meaning. That meaning and the importance and privileged status of the family is being eroded before our very eyes. And it is happening not because people do not care. They do, and passionately, but because they have lost touch with the arguments and values necessary for its defense. I would add to this that our people have lost touch with the moral foundation of our culture. In a prediction about the end-time descendants of the biblical patriarch Jacob, the prophet Hosea states, Aliens have devoured his strength, but he does not know it. Yes, gray hairs are here and there on him, yet he does not know it. The gray hairs here are a remarkable prediction of the aging state of the English-speaking world and Western European nations of our day. Their people have been deluded into believing that children are a burden, contrary to God's clear declaration. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. From the beginning of man's story it was taught and understood that the family was the fundamental unit of society, and that this family consisted of a father and a mother who in the course of time had children. The roles within the family represented a division of labor and created not only a stable economic unit, but a source of fundamental education in right and wrong, politeness, and what is appropriate behavior. Right and wrong were defined by revelation from God their Creator, and these concepts were housed in the sacred text known as the Bible, which was the guideline for social order in the Western world. This was, up until relatively recently, the anchor of culture and the definer of morals. The Bible recounts the charge given to the first humans, that they were to be joined as husband and wife, and subsequently work and live together faithfully and raise children. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Children were to be an expected product of marriage. In fact, human biology was designed with that in mind. These children were to be for the benefit of all concerned. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. As many nations are now learning, when there is a deficit of children, the society cannot continue. It cannot create the wealth needed to sustain itself, and cannot provide the workers to meet its varied needs. Alas, the fruit of the radical social movements of recent times, which decry the family, the traditional roles within the family, and denigrate the offices of husband and wife, mother and father, has not been a happier or more stable society, but quite the opposite. There is, however, a promise held within the prophecies of the Bible that speak of a time in the future when this situation will be changed and mankind will finally see the tremendous benefits from living life in accordance with the way God intended for man, and no longer resist it. The difference is described in the inspired words of the prophet Zechariah. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each one with his staff in his hand because of great age. The streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. If you would like to learn more about this critical topic, we have prepared a special report entitled Population Implosion. It is comprised of four insightful articles that will supplement today's program. Our nations are at risk. This publication will show you why and how the situation can be remedied. We hope you will take advantage of this complimentary offer. Thank you for joining us today. Please join us every week when Gerald Weston, Michael Haykoop, and I will bring you more information about today's issues and the good news of tomorrow's world.
1: To learn more about today's topic, visit www.twcanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, P.O. Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M 0P6. You will also receive a free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, revealing God's principles for living an abundant and happy life while providing insight into current and future events. At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call one 866 784 7895 Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.